James. And I'm Marco Sparks. And we're doing like kind of a little mini episode here, a little headcanon at the movies, because we went and did the thing everybody did this weekend, which is go see both Oppenheimer and Barbie, a.k.a. Barbenheimer. And, uh, you know, we'll give us our brief thoughts. I don't think we, I don't know if either of us really have enough to do like a full long episode, but, you know, we can chat for a little bit about it. Yeah. Well, what'd you think? They're both good. I mean, I can nitpick little details of Barbie um, to really nitpick Oppenheimer. I mean, Oppenheimer, I think we'll, we'll dedicate a whole section to Barbie. Let me just say Oppenheimer real quick. Mm-hmm. I, I think I saw this in Tenet, and, you know, this thing that I realized about Nolan that's always been there, and I really realized it in this movie. He's really good, like shockingly good at taking incredibly complex subject matter and a lot of characters and a lot of time periods and making it so that you, the normal audience, can follow it. You know, I never, mm-hmm. I didn't need to know a lot about quantum mechanics, but I knew enough. I knew just a little bit personally about Oppenheimer in this era. I was able to follow this. I was able to follow two different time periods. Um, I even, you know, sat through Jack Quaid playing the bongos. Mm. Um, Fucking Jack Quaid. No. He's just going to be everywhere now. The only, the only flaw I mean, had in the movie, there was like, I mean, the pacing was great. There was like a few minutes, I think, post-Trinity. Spoilers, mm-hmm. obviously, for the Trinity test. But Spoilers for minutes, both these movies, yeah. Yeah. A few minutes post-Trinity where the two hearings, mm-hmm. I kind of lost some of the momentum. But then it came back, like, even stronger as we built that Christopher Nolan way to the ending. Yeah. Uh, Alden Ehrenreich. Huh? He's back. Yeah. I mean, I liked him I, in that Brave New World show. I mean, I, I think you could talk about awards that you could see from either of these two movies. I mean, I think uh, Killian Murphy, best best actor nominees, likely. Probably. I don't think he'll win, but yeah, he'll probably get a nomination. Robert Downey Jr. Robert Downey Jr. not playing Downey, Robert Downey, Downey Jr. will probably win unless but like, some other big performance comes out. Yeah. Like Ryan Gosling. But like Robert Downey Jr. for the first time, not playing Robert Downey Jr. Like It was actually so kind movies. of weird. To be yeah. like, oh, like you've been playing Tony Stark and Tony Stark only basically for like 12 years, you know, then like a Dr. Doolittle movie. Tony Stark is Robert Downey Jr. Yeah. And like any of those movies you've seen, like, and that's where he struggled with the Sherlock Holmes movies is because he's trying to squeeze his Robert Downey Jr. energy into that accent he's mm-hmm. fumbling with. Um, there's a terrible movie called The Judge, oh, yeah. in which he he fucks his own cousin and like, somebody, has to like wipe, somebody shits her pants in that. He right? has to wipe Robert Duvall's ass as he mm-hmm. as he shit himself, but he's being Robert Downey Jr. throughout all that. Um, I've not seen the um, oh, I don't have it here. What's it called? The Vietnam, the Vietnam, the Vietnam adaptation, The Sympathizer. Okay. Um, no idea. It's a great book. I, I haven't seen the TV show adaptation if it's even out yet. Um, where I think he plays all the evil white people in it in like a makeup thing. But mm. yeah, um, I don't know about. Uh, I mean, Florence Pugh was great, but she's in it so briefly. This is um Oppenheimer is a movie that has like a massive, massive cast, and like just out of nowhere, like a really famous actor will show up somewhere, and you'd be like, "Oh, hey, it's them," it, you know, yeah. and it's like they're they like have one line of dialogue or something i i, I mean, wonder like matthew like modi is just like hanging around the background of scenes says like two words oh, the the redemption of of josh hartnett <laughs> yeah. i mean hartnett at least kind of has a role you know yeah. um gary oldman in the one scene is truman 
Yeah. Colin Oppenheimer, crybaby. I enjoyed that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Get that oh, fucker and, out of here. I feel like everyone really enjoys playing ugly characters now. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I mean, like on downtime of the set, does like Nolan take Kenneth Branagh aside and he's just like, the fuck are you doing with these Perot movies? <laughs> Honestly, what the fuck are you doing? I, Especially, I, make um, you, I make you look great in my movies, and then you go off and do these fucking movies. I can't remember. Somebody in the cast has also played Poirot in a very recent Murder on the Orient Express adaptation. I can't remember who it is. One, one of the older gentlemen in the movie. And I really just wonder, were, were they ever on the same set as Brana? And was it weird? Hmm. Hmm. But yeah, yeah, I mean, what it, is the next it, one? It, like a haunting in, in Venice? Venice, yeah. Which that book that they're adapting the, the trailer for that's Venice. cut like it's like I don't know like uh, Insidious three or something. And the goddamn thing is, I'm gonna watch it. I know. Well, it's, that thing is like if it was just a straightforward another bad Perot movie like he's been doing, I wouldn't because I, I had to sit through those previous two. I still would. I'll, I'll still watch all this dumb movies he makes. You and I'll be there first day in the theater then because mm-hmm. we fucking hate ourselves. Enough champagne to. Fill the Nile. Drown in the Nile. Drown yeah. The Nile, yeah. Oh, I mean, sorry. Tina Fey as Ariadne Oliver is just the fucking most ludicrous casting, but I love you, Tina, but god damn. God damn. Anyway. Uh, yeah, Oppenheimer. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I I enjoyed Oppenheimer. I thought it could have been shorter. That's always going to be my complaint about these movies. Like, it didn't need to be three hours. Um, even though it is edited it almost like like more it's more music video than music video like it's cut together so rapidly there's so much i mean it 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 holds your interest and there's like this constant score and kind of you know like kind of motion and and dialogue that's very talky but like it keeps you engaged um it does flag a little bit around the trinity stuff just because it's like it'd been a really long time since we cut forward to like the whole like witch trial situation, you know, with the Senate hearings and whatnot. And so it's like, Oh yeah, that again. Um, I thought it was a very good movie. I'm not ultimately sure what it was trying to say, which, uh, is also true for the other movie we're talking about. Um, yeah, like at the end of the movie, I feel like Oppenheimer was still sort of unknowable, you know, various Mm -hmm. people suggest what they really think is going on inside of his head. You know, it's like, are you, you know, do you care at all? Like, did you develop morals after this happened or that happened? Or are you selfish the whole time? But like, there's, there's no real confirmation at all. He's kind of a side. The last, the last scene makes it even more confusing mm-hmm. because he, he says nothing leading up to, to make you think that we're heading for the uh, extermination of our, of our kind because mm-hmm. of the bomb. He, because he, he publicly is saying repeatedly, like it'll end all war. The, his whole thing is like this bomb, like just the existence of this bomb is going to end all war. We just need to set off like a, as a test. And it's like, well, actually yeah. we need to set off a test, but then we have to drop a bomb, you know, on Japan to really end all war. It's like, well, they're, they're going to drop two, but that's okay. I guess, you know, like, well, and there's some bits to like the logic that makes sense. Like we need to drop two to show them that we can keep doing it. Yeah. You well, know, that's, that's, that's not thing. his idea. That's uh, it was like right. secretary of war's idea, which that to me was probably like the most affecting scene in the movie for me. When he's just like gets out this list of twelve cities they plan oh, on we can't, making, we can't do Kyoto. And he's like, oh, let me eleven. He's like twelve cities. No, make that eleven. We can't do Kyoto because that has this, you know, like uh, cultural and it, significance. And, and the, family. the wife and I honeymooned there, and it's just like yeah. there's something so horrifying and just yeah. like 
like you just feel ill like watching that scene. I, I thought that that was the most impactful um, of the movie. I mean, I, I never really like I wasn't sure what to feel about Oppenheimer the whole time. He was just kind yeah. of there. Um, and he he's like a an expert in quantum mechanics. And yet mostly he was kind of like a manager. It seemed like, you know, uh, mm-hmm. during the building of the bomb, he had just kind of wrangled all the scientists together. We never really saw him, you know, quote unquote, doing science. No, it's a lot of organizing meetings. Like, all mm-hmm. right, you you don't want to do this or this. You're not interested in the fission or the fusion. So you want to work on the super. Fine, work on the super. I'll fund you. You'll meet with me one hour mm-hmm. a week. It's like, okay, like we're gonna have great- yeah. I, I'll meet with you once a week, and we've got theory over here, and we've got like you know like testing over here, and these guys are in San Francisco, and these guys are in Chicago. Yeah, it was like it was much more managerial than like a brilliant mind, like coming up with a, a new thing. And a lot of those little details are what I, I first went and like went to research, like, well, how is he working at Caltech and Berkeley at the same time? Or realistically, he's also working at Harvard at the same time mm-hmm. as the other two and all this stuff. It was interesting. I mean, this uh, is so that I feel like there's such a thing as like a Wikipedia movie. Like there's two kinds of Wikipedia movies. One Wikipedia movie is where like, Hey, look, they just went and made a movie out of some Wikipedia page. Whereas this is a Wikipedia movie in the sense that like you watch, you see movie, what's real. And then you have to go look at the various people's Wikipedia pages to be like, Oh, who was that? And what were they? Yeah. And what exactly was Fermi doing? And what was Heyman doing? You know? Well, like, yeah, or like I'm, I'm like when he mentions Fermi earlier in the movie, I was like, Oh Yeah. Fermi paradox guy, nice. And then later he's getting the Fermi award. Yeah, when I'm like, I'm like, I want to go read about Fermi's life. How oh, and then in Rami Malek's character shows up, and you're like, well, and how in Oppenheimer's important? lifetime was Fermi some nobody? And then he's got an award named after him. Mm-hmm. Um, it it reminded me of like Batman Begins, and I think also the post, which they're setting up like the clear like sequel that we're never going to get. It's just like JFK. Who voted against me? Uh, three guys, some young senator trying to name, make a name for himself. Uh, Kennedy, John F. Kennedy. Like, like he's a fucking Joker at the end of the movie or something. But he I, always I, leaves his calling card. But yeah, it's, it's interesting. Like, you start to feel sympathy for Oppenheimer. You don't know why during the witch hunt, because after post Trinity, there's this whole Mozart and Salieri storyline brewing with like secret villain Robert Downey Jr. Yeah, which is like treated as a reveal. Like I don't, I don't think that really worked very well. Yeah, it's because we're at the beginning. We're supposed to think that like he was on Oppenheimer's side, and that like he's the one getting railroaded by this hearing. But then we find out later that he's like secretly stuck the knife in Oppenheimer's back, and this is all intentional. Like I don't, yeah. it just didn't. Yeah. Well, in the way that they they build drama out of the idea of the whole Einstein thing. Mm-hmm. What did Einstein, what did he scene? say to Einstein that Einstein like had this sour look on his face as he walked yeah. past Strauss. Yeah. Which was a classic movie thing though, where it seems like he says one thing to Einstein in the, the first scene, but in the last scene, it's like they clearly had a whole little mini conversation. Anyway, mm-hmm. he's it's, still at Princeton at the end or still at the point where Kitty's worried about like losing the house. I forgot about what's his name from Zero Dark Thirty. This is his role. Oh yeah, um, torture guy Jason. Remember Clark. he was John Connor in the Terminator movie too. Yeah. Anyway, I would I, wouldn't he have enough money socked away so they wouldn't like lose their house or something? I don't know. You would think that J. Robert Oppenheimer, Oppenheimer could get work somewhere even if he didn't have a security clearance. Yeah, I mean the security clearance thing was interesting because I didn't realize that I was like driving home. Oh yeah. 
your career as like a nuclear physicist is basically done if you don't have access. Because once they federalized the nuclear yeah, program, yeah. yeah, like you're, but, you're you could, basically done. You could, but you'd be any, giving any speeches college, for the rest of your life. Yeah, any yeah. college would be like, yeah, you can just come teach quantum mechanics for us or something. You know, it's fine. The... I mean, little details I found were interesting. I mean, I want to go read American Prometheus now. I've always kind of wanted to read it. I, I mean, the only thing I really remembered, other than like the basics of Oppenheimer going to this movie, is I knew he had a fetish for communist girls. Mm. Um, it, which, it was. Why wouldn't you read Sanskrit when you're inside Florence Pugh? <laughs> why wouldn't you? I'm become death, the shore of worlds. Well, it's so I, interesting because the movie's like, yeah, we're not going to do that TV appearance, but we got to get that line of dialogue in here. It was kind of like. Um, good timing that i happened to be doing a reread of anathem um you know when this movie came out and so i was like very much in a mind of like science you know and like great scientists of our era and i don't know like it makes me just want to go read more wikipedia pages about all those dudes the the brother is it, is it fred oh his brother no it's like danny or something wasn't it the, oppenheimer's brother whatever his name is yeah uh he's the one who founded the exploratorium in san francisco okay um there's a lot of just fascinating details i know the the josh hartnett guy he's got a whole thing named after him uh lawrence uh, the lawrence yeah. the lawrence berkeley lab or something i mean it's, it's interesting like especially because the whole project why uh manhattan slash los alamos was managed under the university of california system to keep its its coverage um but i read a great thing about the international perspective of the Manhattan Project, which I was trying to, I was trying to put my mindset though in this era of like how big or small the world was, what we knew, the, you know, we didn't have information mm-hmm. coming as fast as that. There was a bunch of scientists in the in the other countries who talked about they knew the Americans were working on the bomb because all of the prominent nuclear scientists stopped pr- like producing papers, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and so it was pretty fucking easy to tell. Oh, it's kind of like they all what knew is keeping each them other. all so busy. Yeah, you know, like. Yeah, it's like everybody knew everybody who was like at that high level of like physics and whatnot. Yeah, well, it's it's one of those those stories that just like it just makes academia look so fucking cool and mm-hmm. kind of easy in a way. Like, yeah, you got to go get all your, your all these dudes are you. like, oh, I was never good at the math. It's like, okay, you're a quantum like mechanics, you know, like pioneer, but you're not good at math. Okay, sure. Well, what's so funny is that when they when they get the first report about this dude went split the atom. The first thing he does is go to the board and start working on the equation. He's like, mm-hmm. yeah, I'm not good at math. Which apparently, though, in his his uh, his papers, the math was always wrong whenever mm-hmm. he published. So, whatever. But yeah, it's it's good. I want to watch it again. I don't know that I need to run out to the theater for another three hours. I, I assume you did movie. not see it in IMAX. I did not, I'm afraid. Yeah, I saw it in the, the biggest screen that's within, you know, 20 miles or so. But yeah, I wasn't going to drive all the way downtown to see an IMAX. Hmm. Um. I don't know. I guess it, that makes a difference in some of those shots, especially at Los Alamos, where it's like these like big sweeping vistas and whatnot. Mm. Um, what did you think of the actual explosion, the the the, the Trinity test? I thought it could have had more spectacle, but I don't know if that would have been the point. I guess it it seemed, and maybe this is not the movie's fault, but I feel like it was built up a lot on the internet of like, oh man. Christopher Nolan's like you can't you like when you see how he like you know shows a nuclear bomb being detonated you're gonna like shit your pants or whatever and it was just kind of like yeah that seems about right for a nuclear explosion but it wasn't anything like mind-bending or like incredible or anything you know quite frankly it's it's much more jarring in a in a quick sequence like 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 jarring in a way that will haunt you forever Mm -hmm. uh, twin peaks the return and like Mm -hmm. one scene of david lynch's show 
because the, the 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 trinity test is like the secret origin of twin peaks spoiler for twin peaks has i don't know who cares but like it's it's i kept thinking there's more i mean the, the nice thing i liked about it was the delayed sound and the wave of, yeah, yeah uh uh the concussive wave i did want to see the one guy the super guy like uh get his face ripped off with all that uh um suntan lotion yeah on it. fucking safty that's a real ugly man <laughs> they brought back the uh the guy who's one of the joker's henchmen he was like yeah. the evil yeah dude yeah the non the guy who went to the fbi yeah mm-hmm. the snitch he's also in dune yeah i mean there's a lot about like the red scare and communism and whatnot in this and whether or not gene tatlock was murdered which like she may very well have been uh, no. rather than killing herself the way it's filmed is surprisingly not clear. Like he's really leaving the door open in the JFK kind of way there. Yeah. Was that uh was that Casey Affleck? Yeah. Okay. As yeah. Pash? Yeah. Well, I gotta say, I mean, I I, I he's a gross dude, and I'm mm-hmm. I don't I wanna give him work, but like he worked as Pash. He, he worked as a he's creepy a weirdly menacing and yet unassuming guy at the same time. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I just kept thinking Matt Damon tells you that story about how fucked up Pash is. Just tell that story at the hearing, and like your whole your whole hearing goes away. Mm-hmm. Here's the kind of people I was dealing with. Do you blame me for lying in this one thing? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't know. I, the I whole hearing, see... it's like it becomes very clear that there's no possible chance that he's going to like get his clearance approved. Yeah, you know, it's like it's just clearly like been arranged to railroad you, but he like yeah. insists on doing it forever, anyways. I think you have a problem though when you cast of the three officials, like the one guy we've seen before in things. He's been in that show on ABC with that Shonda show. He's been in Ghost, and you got the two nobodies, one of which will never say anything. Mm-hmm. That was weird. Um, yeah, I don't know. All right, well, I think it's I, I don't think Emily have. Blunt. I don't. I, to me, that didn't scream Oscar performance. No, I I think RDJ will get a nomination if not a win. Um, Killian Murphy will probably get at least nominated. The movie probably gets nominated for lots of awards, including Best mm. Picture, mm. maybe Best Director. I don't know, but we'll see. I mean, yeah. you never know. It's it's the summertime. There's, I'm sure, tons of prestige movies coming out in the fall and winter. So, yeah. And I mean, I don't know. Have you looked at what like has actually won the Oscar lately? Like, it's kind of bleak. Like, is anyone watching or talking about Nomadland now? Like, nobody gives a shit about that movie. Coda, no. nobody cares. Well, I can't no, even, I'm honestly, I'm trying to think right now what won last year. We knew that going into Coda. I mean, I yeah. feel like the competition is going to be Scorsese. No, but seriously, what won this last year? I can't even think of it. But yeah, Scorsese. Was uh, it Everything Everywhere All at Once? Oh, right, right, right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah Which we did. Killers of the Flower podcast. Moon. Um, which I got to say the uh, the teaser trailer had me really excited. The the regular the trailer, trailer is good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and and I think as we segue into our next movie, I I would not be shocked with ten nominees. I would not be shocked if Barbie gets nominated for Best Picture. I think there's not a chance in hell Barbie gets nominated. Nominated? I mean, I, winning? I all right, agree. this is my extremely hot take. I didn't think this movie was very good. I would give it like a B minus. Wait, are you saying you didn't think that the white woman's Black Panther was good? Yes. I'm sorry. It, I just thought like, it was like a series of SNL sketches for most of it. You know, like occasionally it would be like 
oh, hey, there's Greta Gerwig. I she, I recognize her hand on on the till. And then it would like just lapse into like dumb Will Ferrell comedy. Like, I don't know. I just I was expecting much more out of this movie from like the hype it got. So it's it's definitely choppy. I think there's some there's some great parts. There's some great ideas. There's some tonal issues. There's some like, like transcendent moments and then a whole lot of like really obvious and shallow humor. And and I and I think two white guys in their forties talking about this movie, the least important voices you need. I, I sure. think it will be a culturally important movie, quite possibly more so than Oppenheimer, though Oppenheimer's a better I think, film on its own. I think in 10 years, this movie is going to be looked at the same way we look at people who are really into Fight Club, personally. I think the better comparison might be uh, Robert Altman's Popeye, in a way. But uh, uh, I think that it felt like there were probably a lot of cuts to things. I feel like there was probably more stuff here and there. Like, why is this more of a Ken movie than a Barbie movie? Let me follow up with that. What is this movie trying to say? Well, I so kept it's, asking it's, myself that during the movie. I'm like, I don't understand. Like, to me, my, my biggest problem with this movie is that, like, the corporate Mattel stuff yeah. was too. It's like, oh, look, they're making fun of Mattel, but they're not entirely. And, like, I was just like, I could not get over that. It just seemed like, like, too crass of commercialism to get away with it's it's like it never really delivered on any of the points it was trying to make because it's still ultimately just like a brand movie i think the will ferrell and the tone is the other issue and in addition to it felt like a lot of things were deleted and choppy um that's what it's trying to do i think what she was trying to illustrate is the most important scene is the one with the the woman on the bus stop or whatever Mm mm-hmm when she sees the older woman and says that you're so pretty, which that lady is like a famous behind the scenes Halloween figure, Halloween, Hollywood figure, I believe with like costume. But it's like, this is still Barbie, which is as the movie knows and tells us responsible for a lot of like, you know, kind of negative, you know, ideas about beauty and whatnot. I, I, I appreciate that the movie had prominent, you know, characters saying that, but I think what she was trying to say is a Barbie movie. She was trying to say is here's two views of the world. Here's the, the male dominated view of the world, which is all about domination and subjugating women. And then you have the female world where women just exist and they don't need to dominate men. But they do uh, though, because at the end when the Kens are like, can we have a seat on the Supreme court? And they're like, no, they, they can think that they will eventually. But, but I mean, it's like, what are you saying? Like, what exactly are you trying to say? Like this didn't end with some sort of like, I don't know, egalitarian, like, everyone is respected it's like no the kids still kind of suck which like well, so i you, don't mind because it's funny but it's like it seems like you're trying to make some sort of moral point but you're not really the 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 problem logically is you're trying to get into this movie which has the structure of a musical for starters mm-hmm. but because i mean like literally lizzo's song at the beginning is narrating things that you're seeing the i'm just ken sequence which mm-hmm. i thought was great which is the new spike rest in peace is very much a musical and playing to bits of musical but like then we're told that Barbie Land is almost this like aboriginal dream time of like the real world where people play with dolls and like collectively create this world. So it's like what kind of changes can you make in the dreaming that will then reflect Nothing back makes to the sense. real world? Nothing like I feel like the more you try to think about what this movie is doing, the more it seems like like to me I was like wow, Greta uh, Gerwig and and No Bombuck have like constructed just like the slickest bullshit you've ever imagined. Like they really sell this thing and it's lots of fun and everyone's laughing and having a good time. And it seems like they're making points, but they're not really making any points. They're just like doing the work of a brand. 
I think sometimes maybe to to the audience who brings their own meaning to it and its value, primarily white women, like this is enough. They enjoyed it. I mean, I don't know how many. I, I mean, don't begrudge anyone movies. for liking the movie. I just like to me, this movie was kind of shallow. It was like kind of where it came off of it. That's just I, me. Send all your I, hatred I, to uh, at James Taylor 21 at Twitter. Yeah. Or, yeah. yeah, I'm on threads, but I think that's private. No, I don't think it is. I don't care. Yeah. Find him on threads, folks. Who cares about threads? Threads is fucking lame. Yeah. It's just, how hard is it to give me a following only feed? Threads threads is a place for fucking brands right now. That's all that's on that stupid uh, service. Well, brands, but also this kind of bullshit positivity and these people who read as fake because they're so fucking excited about threads. If they change Twitter's name to X, why can't Zuckerberg just go change Thread's name to Twitter and just like deal with the lawyers? That'd be fitting. Um, yeah, I just think how many Barbies are you going to see in Halloween? Uh, I was taken out of the movie when I saw the tooth guy from Fleabag. I couldn't stop looking at him once I realized he was there. At uh, my theater, there was a limo out front. I think like some some kids took a limo to Barbie. I mean, there was a lot of just pink. There was just so much pink. I don't know what to make Which, of that. I don't, I, I don't know. I I mean, it's it's not anything. I don't to want to, you know, begrudge it, anyone having fun. I know people cosplay to movies and whatnot, but like, it feels like so much of this movie and Oppenheimer's success is like all because of a meme, basically. Mm. And like, it's not so much that people want to see the movie as much as they want to go to the social event, which is seeing the movie. You know what I mean? It's almost like the movie itself doesn't matter that much. I don't know if I totally have a problem with that. I mean, I don't think Barbie was so bad that it that that was disingenuous. I don't because people I, enjoyed it. People I, would like really fucking enjoyed this movie in my theater. Like they the amount of connection that the mostly female audience had at the last line was more than I've seen, you know, in any other movie I've ever been in. Like I said, but I mean I, like I don't I don't begrudge anyone for watching it. I just I it concerns me that the way that you get people to go to see your movie these days is that you have to turn it into a social event rather than like here's a good movie i guess you know what i mean like like of the three of this uh oppenheimer and mission possible personally even with its flaws i think mission possible seven is the best of the three and it's doing the worst because it doesn't have a social aspect behind it the release now just it's seems a bad release foolish yeah. mm-hmm. seems foolish beyond belief i mean even if you had given it three weeks before barbenheimer um, but yeah, I, I mean, I, I just, I, I would apply, I, I'm not necessarily attacking your point. I would apply the same thing to like, when we went to go to see attack of the clones opening mm-hmm. night, no, it was fun dressing yeah. up. And people, I, like I said, it's, that's also shallow. It, it, I have no problem with it. I just like, uh, for example, like when killers, the fire moon comes out, like, does that need to be a meme for like the next Scorsese movie to like get an audience or will people just be able to go see it because it's in theory, a good movie, you know? I hope so, but I, I I think the meme thing... I mean, here's what it can't be, is it can't be Morbius. Yeah. Which that meme didn't pan out to... Well, that meme was fake, sales. though. It, this is, yeah. But there was a whole, like, gentle minions thing, you know? Or, like, I remember going to see fucking Top Gun last year, and there was a bunch of people cosplaying as fighter pilots. And it was mm-hmm. clearly just so they could, like, take pictures at the theater, like, for their socials. I don't know. It's It's weird to me. I'm just... I'm being an old guy here, but it's weird to me that, like, it seems like this is where marketing for movies is going is that we have to turn it into like something, some sort of social event that has to be chronicled rather than like, I really want to see this particular movie. 
Yeah, which I think is going to, you know, if it's completely shallow and empty, that will fall apart on its own thing. I mean, I hate to say, but I, people will s- eventually sniff out the inauthentic. Oh, one could uh, But I mean, something that got people excited to go see two movies opening weekend that, you know, I, I thought that was great. I mean, it's the biggest... Um weekend since maybe like uh the end game weekend or something it's it's like the second biggest of all time or something like that like box office wise yeah i i think you could say that greta gerwig is maybe the most financially successful female filmmaker of all time quite possibly uh, and i just this is like nolan's third biggest opening and she's gonna do like the lion the witch in the wardrobe next like, i don't know why she would do that though that yeah. seems like a waste of her it it does i'm like talents. i i i For netflix i don't think this is the best greta gerwig movie she's made but i think it's still like a very well-made movie by like a very gifted filmmaker and like i want to see her do more stuff that isn't like brand management i would be fascinated to see another original film from her but i mean i guess people always forget because like this is her fourth movie and it may be not even quite that because her whole mumblecore background really blurred the lines between the actor and the writer which i mean i i never really got into mumblecore movies but like there's something pure about them like we're just here to make art and make films and make them cheap and make them just get them out um and i kind of like that she comes from that and i rewatched kicking and screaming just because i was like in a conversation about bombach and where was he in all this I'm going to say something. My my shocking thing is I don't think America Forever is very good in the movie. That said, part of me would not be shocked if she gets nominated for Best Supporting Actress just for her like woman monologue, which I think was... See, that moment might have played better for me if some fucking dude wasn't loudly snoring through the whole thing to the point that everyone is kind of like giggling and being like, what the fuck? There's wow. just some fucker is just like... Was he like making like a shitty point or something? No, or no. I think it was just some old dude who like passed out or something. And wow. I, I assume he was wow. alone because everyone's looking like somebody just going to kick this guy or something. You know? yeah. Like wake him up. I, but I, I, I generally thought I was like, okay, this is a, this is a good delivery of this important monologue. So I could, I, I mean, I don't think that she's very good in the rest of the movie, but I could see her getting nominated for that. I, like, I honestly think unless something else better or horror, worse is out there. Or better is out there. I, I would not be shocked if Gosling gets nominated. I don't know if he wins, but I could see him getting nominated. I guess my only issue with that monologue is that I was, it was like I've heard this before. Like it's it's great that this is in a, a big blockbuster movie and more people are getting exposed to it. But like you know, Taylor Swift has like put this in her lyrics. You know, like this is in Church's songs. This is this is like feminism one hundred and one. Like it's not exactly new groundbreaking material. You know, the other problem with just the depiction of primary Ken is it's one of those classic things where you can tell they fucking loved what Gosling was doing. Yeah. Yeah. And they probably fed him more while making the movie. I just, I, I felt like some of the makeup was a little choppy, which kind of took away from its, what was up with Michael Sarah's face? What was going on there? You mean, Alan? Intentional? I, I think, yeah. I think they were doing something plasticky with him. Yeah. So is, is it, is it, is it coded that the allies of women are the non heterosexual kens i guess that's what we were getting i don't know i mean what, i i i love rob bryden and i did laugh because i had to go look and see his sugar daddy ken a real thing his mm-hmm. earring magic ken a real thing and it's like literally the, the the way they advertise it was i'm not a sugar daddy that's sugar and i'm her daddy mm-hmm. um 
the eerie magic can i found this great article of the controversy of some of those those doll releases which included at the time the mattel spokesperson's responses because i guess eerie magic ken has what looks like a cock ring on his mm, necklace nice and they had to they actually had to put out a press release saying we're not in the business of handing out cock rings to little girls which i love that that came from an official mattel spokesperson anyway what are you gonna say um one of my favorite little moments was um it's late in it when it, it's some sort of joke about how all the other kens like totally think that like the the gosling ken like looks so cool but like mm-hmm. clearly doesn't like to me that was like a well-observed thing about how like guys will think another guy looks really cool but like mm-hmm. women will not think they'll think he looks like a complete idiot you know like just like the difference in taste i thought was actually intelligent and well-observed and not just like really basic men are like this women are like this type of humor you know it's like oh like you were actually like that was like a, a unique thing that i feel like doesn't get pointed out as often you know I think the movie was a lot better at talking about men. Cause I mean, the movie is about, in, in some ways it's about a lot of things, men. but with like, like with, well, it's very good at like analyzing what's wrong with men. Sure. And that one of the primary problems that women face is that men don't like themselves and they make it everyone else's problem. But like, there's a great bit where someone like says that, I guess the Samu Lu Ken is supposed to be Pompadour mm-hmm. Ken. And it's like, Oh, he's not that cool. And like Ryan Gosling's like, well, he is to me. <laughs> Um, yeah, I mean, my favorite Gosling moment is when he's got the the Mojo Dojo Casa house, and she comes to do her part of of making him feel special. Mm-hmm. And she's like, "I want to be was it your long term, long distance, low commitment girlfriend?" And he's just like, "Oh, give me a second. And he goes in the other room, and he's like, "Sublime!" <laughs> and then comes back out. It's I probably ad libs, right? Like, yeah, yeah, I fucking cackled. <laughs> Like no one else is laughing as hard as I was. Well, like the they end. have the the Justice League, like Zack Snyder cut joke, but like it wasn't as good as it could have been. I felt like there's a better way to land that joke. But God fucking bless her for putting that in. I there, just like I feel is... like he could have just shown Gosling coming out of a theater in the real world, and it's like the Marquise of Zack Snyder's Justice League, and he's just like pumping his fist. Like that would have yeah. killed him way more than that joke does. Yeah, yeah. But I mean the this movie is, it's like dealing with like the possibly redeemable guys who are being radicalized and they're not bad at their core. I just, what is, is this movie trying to say? What Some is this movie trying to say? Bad. Yeah. yeah. Like when he's just like, oh, I wasn't really in the patriarchy once I realized it wasn't about horses anyway. Sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's like everyone is beautiful but it's still Margot Robbie is the main party, which, which they yeah, like I mean, try to lampshade by having, yeah. having Helen Mirren as a narrator make a joke about it. But it's still, yeah. Yeah, I mean, there's there some... <laughs> was it Midge? It just <laughs> creeps us out that there's a pregnant doll. I I, I don't know. It's... Yeah, I, I thought it was very slickly done. And if you don't really think about it, it will feel very satisfying to watch. Yeah. Um, except for the Will Ferrell stuff. I just... That stuff. I was well, just how like, many times can he here? play... Yeah, this uh, guy. And- yeah, this guy, this corporate like head of whatever. But I mean, also, the, Will Ferrell is almost a bath bomb of silliness that you drop into a movie and you lose certain tones when he's there. Mm-hmm. Which is why when they did some Lifetime movie like 15 years ago, where they took just a normal Lifetime script and had him play the dad. And like, you mm-hmm. can't tell if the movie's supposed to be a comedy or not. Yeah, yeah. He's just doing a quote unquote straight performance. Like, yeah, I, I, I think some of the tone gets kind of warped um and like yeah. th- there was never anything 
that seemed to like really bring America Ferrera and her daughter together. Like the daughter is like kind of like an angry, like pick me who like hates women as much as men or something. you know, she even says as much. Mm-hmm. Um, and then like just over the course of them, like going to Barbie land, all of a sudden the daughter is like, Oh, I, I totally love my mom and I'm wearing pink now and I'm so happy. And like, there was never any, anything that changed it. Like no scene between them. You know, or they like came to an understanding or anything. I felt like that was, I don't know, maybe it got cut out or what. Uh, my hot take that will get me crucified. And if you have a problem with this, feel free to tweet at James Taylor 21 is uh, not that I had any problem with Margot Robbie whatsoever. Um, I thought she was a Rob, Robbie, Robbie, I don't know, whatever. Robbie, Robbie. Margot I thought she was Robbie. fine. I thought she was great for what the, her role was and everything. And Hathaway should have maybe been Barbie. She mm. literally has Barbie doll's I would, face. I would she was cast as Barbie a few years I, I ago, think, the Amy Schumer version. I think I don't Anne hate Hathaway. Anne Hathaway. No, I like Anne Hathaway. I think women hate Anne Hathaway though. I think Anne Hathaway, like it would be obvious that she wasn't a blonde, and I feel like it's important for Barbie to be blonde. I guess a true, a true blonde. Yeah, like I, I don't feel, know if we really want. To I don't know if Margot Robbie is a true blonde. I she saying, reads I more like a true blonde. Margot yeah. Robbie, like a real blonde. But I think she she reads more as a blonde than Anne Hathaway does. I guess. I, I just think what's what's remarkable about Margot Robbie is that Robbie is that she has been cast in a lot of roles at the start of her career as the girl, mm-hmm. and she's always shown that there's something more to her, and she's had to claw her way to like not just like main like the front of the camera starring role stuff, but behind the scenes as well. Um, I mean, I really liked her in Babylon. Because, I'm I'm glad that both her and Gosling have a hit now, so people can stop being like maybe they're not actually good. Because yeah. their movies keep bombing, but like you know, she's good in in whatever the fuck that Scorsese movie was. But she's playing like the the sex bomb. Oh, Wolf uh, Wall Street, she's yeah. she's good in Focus. I mean, mm-hmm. her her affect. I, I think the problem with that movie might actually be Will Smith and their chemistry, but she's good in it. Uh, yeah, I haven't seen Bombshell. I don't think anyone saw Bombshell. Yeah, for the best. Like, what? I don't know. Who wants to go see a movie like Bombshell? You know? Yeah, yeah. Um, isn't it by the same guy who did the Big Short? Is it that guy? I maybe he produced it, Adam McKay, the guy who did Succession, or was like with the producers of Succession. Anyway, uh, directed by Jay Roach. No, oh, okay. Noted uh, director of Mystery Alaska, and I think one of the American Pie. Um, no, no, I think he might have done. Um, a... No, American Pie guy did. Golden Compass. Yeah, yeah. Jay Austin Powers. Comedies. That's what I was thinking of. Yeah, he oh, did Austin Powers. Okay. Ugh, Jay Roach. Mm-hmm. Who did the... Oh, it was Oliver Stone did the Bush movie, right? The W? Yeah. Was that what it's called? I think it was, yeah. I think it's called, I think it's called W. Anyway. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm very excited from what's next for, for Greta. I, I, I wanted to go Barbie rewatch... Barbie 2. I wanted to go rewatch Greenberg... Um, just to see where her partnership. I, I had to go rewatch Little Women myself. I was like, hmm. I know you're in there, Greta. I know, like, I just like the if you just compare like the scene with uh, America Ferrara and her like monologue to like that thing I tweeted the uh, the scene from Little Women where Joe's you know talking about how she's lonely. I feel like it's just like so much better writing. Hmm. Well, I mean, I think I think the the scene that really fits from Little Women to part of the mindset of of Barbie or should be in there is is the Hermione scene just because my dreams are different mm-hmm. than yours doesn't yeah. make them less valid um 
I, I wish Florence Pugh could have been in both movies. I mean, that'd have been Florence. I mean, dad. she would have definitely fit in in, yeah. in the Barbie movie for sure. Yeah. I mean, it's, there's a lot of uh, various. So, there's a lot of great in talent it. in both yeah. these movies. Um, the new Doctor Who has got one line of dialogue, and he's just in the background. Not a not a real showcase for Shooty Got was. Is he? Um, he's. I, I think I know who you're talking 10. about. Yeah, he's yeah. the the bleach chair. Yeah. The prominent black bleached haired. Mm-hmm. I thought head, um, yeah. Kingsley Benadir was much better in this than he has been in the two episodes I did watch of Secret Invasion, which mm. I then stopped watching because he's it was so like fucking boring. Primary Ken's like best bud, right? He's the uh, yeah. one who keeps talking about the Godfather. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. He was definitely one of the guys who was just like, oh, you look so cool, Ken, or something like that. Like, I thought he, he, I, having only seen him before in secret invasion where he's just like the most boring person ever i was like Mm -hmm. oh hey this guy i can see why people liked him you know um obviously it's not being put to any use at all in that stupid marvel show but like here it is no i i i like that harry neff is in it and she's just a woman she gets the uh like take your glasses off you're beautiful thing when the the men need to feel good about themselves i i don't know i had a good chuckle just of course seeing the tweets about Ben Shapiro's complaints only because he's dressed like the Kens from the musical number. It's just, it's all a fucking grift. I refuse to give that guy any is. attention at oh, all. Like, what did I oh just my see? God, I can't believe that fucking little shrimp didn't like Barbie. I, wow, he's talking about how woke it is. What a surprise. The thing I just saw with him that I never knew because why would I ever look up anything about him or his origins was that he is, of course, a Nepo baby and that his whole conservative thing was all born out of the fact that he tried to get a writing job on some TV show. And they didn't like him. It's all so they didn't grift. cast him. Yeah. I, just, I refuse to participate. Good thing. All right. I think we're pretty much said everything we need to say about. about I mean, there's going to be a barber too, right? There has to be. It's didn't making too much money. You know? They're eyeballing 31 different Mattel Jesus properties Christ. for I movies. That's uh, like the like the of the movies that are successful this year it's like super mario brothers okay we're gonna get a fuck ton of nintendo movies now and like this movie now we're gonna get like a bunch of weird toy movies that are sort of like vaguely socially aware but still ultimately get you to buy more merchandise yeah i mean you have you have whole franchises that exist that i don't know who they're for i don't know who goes to see them um I mean, it's obvious like, who barbie's for you know but like my, my point is mm-hmm. i saw an ad for transformers I don't even know what Transformers movie you're on. Who the hell watches these anymore? Do you know about the I stinger saw... at the end of Transformers, the new one? Who could give a shit? Honestly, like, I'm going to tell you, and you're going to throw. What up. are you going to tell me that could possibly? Somebody, be it's a stinger it? scene, or somebody's just like, "Hey, we want to recruit you, or whatever." Here's my card, and it's like a GI Joe card or whatever. It's got the logo for GI Joe on it. Yeah, you should feel bad for having shared that story. I know, um, but like, I saw a trailer before Oppenheimer for the Meg Two. Who yeah. gives a fuck? I saw trailers for Expendables 4. Who are these movies? These movies are for the, the real Kens. I mean, I guess you could say it's like it's good to see that all these like franchise to death movies are kind of dying on the vine. In a way, I think that's good because we need to move on to like fresh material, you know? Um, like that a movie like Oppenheimer could be like pretty like I, I think it had a much bigger opening weekend than fucking Mission Possible, just because presumably it's like oh hey it's a directory like and he's doing original material like people are more into that maybe i guess you know than uh than endless franchising so that'd be cool if if movies could get back to not just being like 
you know, extended universes, but I don't, I don't know. Like I'm sure there's going to be the, the Nintendo cinematic universe and the Barbie cinematic universe, you know, like Barbie two is going to end with, I don't know, somebody handing over a, you know, hot wheels card or something to a certain degree. There's a, you know, jerk off motion, you know, metaphor you can make where I don't know if it's, if it's Greta Gerwig and Margot Robbie's, fault in an Oppenheimer kind of way that they made this movie because it felt important to them and now Mattel and Hollywood are going to go make like 35 of these terrible movies I don't know this is totally their fault I don't know if they are the death destroyer of worlds but I think you have a, 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 a decent movie made by women celebrating women for for women primarily you know it's for everyone really and it, it did well good for it you have a three hour historical drama with 1500 character actors i mean it did well i i I guess i came out of having seen both these two movies and thinking that like oppenheimer it felt like it it could be read as a little bit of an like apologia for somebody who invented something that murdered thousands of innocent people or Mm -hmm. tens hundreds of thousands like like nolan mccray in the, the modern superhero movie yeah and and yet, like coming out of Barbie, I was like, why does this feel more sinister somehow? Just because it was good enough and slick enough that they're going to make a million of these like really crass like brand movies now. I'm like, I'm not looking forward to that part of it, I guess. Yeah, but I don't know if that can totally like I don't know if like Greta Gerwig was like halfway through production and she was just like, oh, my God, I had a vision of the future where they're going to what they're going to do with this and I should stop. You know, like, yeah, I mean, you know, get that she paycheck. Was like it's the, fine. It's not like there's like the, plenty of other male filmmakers who've done the same thing. You know, she was the fifth or sixth director to come along in this development hell of this movie. Yeah. She's just the one who made it correctly. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, I don't know. So, I mean, in like 10 of like five movies from now, she makes her apologia, you know, <laughs> good for her. It'll be interesting. I mean, that's the point of art. I just wanted to go make an original movie. Yeah, I, like, I, agree. I agree. And I, you know, even that's even as, as someone who enjoyed those Narnia books when I was a kid, and I never watched the one because it looked dumb. Um, but like in theory, it would be cool to have a really good Narnia movie. But like, certainly there'd be something else that would be cooler that she could be doing. You know, I, I honestly, when I saw that tweet that she was going to adapt two of those movies for Netflix, I thought it was a joke. I thought it was yeah. like a disgusting film. Well, it's like that Daniel joke. Kaluuya fucking barney movie it's like what the fuck are we doing here i will still believe that's a joke until somebody proves otherwise and please Mm -hmm. don't all right barbie let's say goodbye now toodaloo